right, my beautiful little shit fits. Episode 160. Yes, 160. We're almost at that wonderful 200 mark. I'm definitely going to have to do something special for it. But anyway, Tyson Brown, he reached out to me over email as he stumbled upon my podcast while listening to others and found it in the related section. So I felt pretty humbled and honored to have him reach out to me. Um, In this episode, Tyson talks about why he really enjoys prescribing intermittent fasting to some of his clients as those people who have really busy lifestyles, this fits in very well. Uh, We also chat about simple topics about weight loss and how a lot of people overthink what weight loss really is. This episode is filled with a lot of great information, so hopefully you enjoy it. Here's Tyson. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me is Tyson Brown. Say hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Awesome. So to break the ice, we're going to do some like easy lobbing questions just to get things flowing. <laughs> uh, so the first one is, what do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, for the weekend, well, I actually like to do Saturday. I take Saturday as my admin day. So it's mm-hmm. like today I'll go and do my food shopping. I'll do my meal prep. I always like to do, I call it Saturday sweat. So I'll go and get a sweat on, whether it be cardio or some weight training, and then I'll go on the sauna for about 15 to 20 minutes and finish that off with a freezing cold shower. And it's just like one of the best ways to kind of like, you know, flow into the weekend type of thing. Awesome. And uh, next one is what is the last song you listened to? Good question. Yeah, it's definitely a Kanye song because that's what I was. Uh, I always like to listen to his music. Um, nice. I couldn't tell you, but the artist was definitely Kanye. I've got a playlist on him on Spotify. Nice. Uh, so the next one is: What's the last video you watched on either Facebook or YouTube? The last video was a Jordan Peterson video. Nice. There you go. Who's Jordan Peterson, by the way? <laughs> uh, good question. He is a psychologist who talks about mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably what I can say in the most simplest form. And the way he breaks, like, he just breaks uh, stories that have been told over time and what they actually mean to us in this day and age. Like the story of Pinocchio, mm-hmm. the story of the dragon. Uh, he talks about um, stories in the Bible and how they relate to real life. And he just, the way he explains them is it's mind-blowing. Hey, I would really suggest you have a listen. It's hard for me to, like, do him justice, but once yeah. you listen to me, whoa. What happened there? What happened there? Nothing. Okay. I just like, I just, sorry, I meant like when you listen to him, you got to be like, whoa, it's going to be like blowing blow your mind. Okay, gotcha. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, did my audio like <laughs> get really loud or something? Um, sweet. Does he have like a podcast or something like that too? Yes, it's actually called the Jordan Peterson Podcast. Okay, sweet. I'm going to go check that out for sure. Um, so the very last one is uh, what's the latest book you've been reading or finished? Actually, I just picked up. So I like to do a lot of audio books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just started reading "Made to Stick" by Chip and Dan Heath. It's about what makes ideas and uh, stories. Like you know, there's old folk tables and stuff. Yeah. Folk table. Yeah. So stories like that. Um, that's what I just am listening to now. And before that, I finished reading "Why We Sleep" by Matthew Walker. Awesome. Good books. Good books. Uh, so to get you introduced to the show and for my audience, can you let them know who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Yep. So I'll start backwards. Um, I got into the industry because I wanted to pick up chicks, right? Uh, I was an overweight child and I literally wanted to lose weight so I could go and pick up girls. So that's how I got started into it. Um, 
Yeah, how long have I been doing it for? I've been doing personal training since 2010, so eight years now. Basically, for the first two or three years, it was kind of on the side. I, I wasn't really making it a career. It was just kind of on my side job. I'd do a couple of sessions here and there. I'd train a lot of friends and family and people, you know, just sending in programs and stuff like that. But it was never serious until 2014 when I decided to move from my small town of Townsville up in Queensland and move down to Sydney. Um, that's when I decided to actually do full-time personal training, step into that side of things. And then also now I'm doing a lot of online training too. And I didn't even say my name. It's Tyson Brown. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, the next thing I wanted to get into, because you said you kind of wanted to pick up chicks and <laughs> that's how you got into it. But yep. was there like a certain point in your life where something happened and you're like, okay, enough is enough. I need to get my shit together. I'm going to start working out. <laughs> Not really in that sense, because I did it when I was younger, like I started when I was 14, mm-hmm. I was just like, I was, I guess, I guess it is kind of a turning point, because like as opposed to wanting to pick up chicks, I didn't like the way I felt, because all I used to do was I would play Xbox games, I would eat a lot of crappy food, I just wasn't living a healthy lifestyle, like you know, you don't think a lot about that stuff when you're 14 years old, yeah. but there was something inside of me, I just wasn't happy with it in my body, and every day I'd wake up and look in the mirror, and I just was not happy with what I was looking back at me and when I first started you know I want to start working out because I want to look better because I want to be able to feel comfortable in my body and then be able to obviously pick up girls um it was also when I said okay I actually need to get my shit together it wasn't until a year and a half after I started working out because I saw zero results and it was simply because of my nutrition which I'm sure we're going to talk about later uh but it was because I was working out but like there would be days I would literally go to Hungry Jack's, which is the equivalent of uh, Burger King, where you guys are, mm-hmm. and I would go and eat that before a workout, or I would go and have a late night workout with a friend, and then we would go and get pizza afterwards because we, like, I, it was just a very, you know, I was doing the workout side of things, but I wasn't seeing any results simply because my nutrition was so bad. So after 18 months of training and not seeing any results, I'm like, okay, I really need to get this together, and I need to uh, start sorting it out. What was kind of like the first uh, like nutritional guidance or resource you found that actually kind of helped? <laughs> the, okay, this is a good question because <laughs> I went to the place where everyone goes, the supplement store, and I asked the guy who was behind the desk, who was a big jack dude, what he followed, and he gave me a meal template of like chicken, broccoli, brown rice, uh uh, oats in the morning like you know the typical let's say bodybuilding bro yeah. um, diet and I started seeing results but it wasn't sustainable like I kept going back and forth off the diet because I would see some results but then like I restricted myself so much and I started weighing all my food I started becoming obsessing with all of those things and yeah I like you know I started seeing results but I realized that it wasn't healthy in my mindset like I had a bad relationship with food I couldn't go out with friends and family because I didn't want to eat what they were eating I started stressing about you know if it was 10 grams over or 10 grams under like I was living the bodybuilding lifestyle really strict and like I didn't want to be a bodybuilder at all so that's when I realized that I had to make a better change myself no fair enough and I think a lot of people that because your, your story is kind of similar to mine, and I kind of followed the same thing. And I like, you know, I went on menshealth.com, and I'm like, oh, here's a template of everything I need to eat. And then you get so restricted, and you're like, shit, I don't think I can do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. And it's, 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 I like that you said that because I actually posted a question to a lot of people who followed me the other day, and I said, like, 
ask yourself right now, is the diet you're on, you're on, can you see yourself doing that in the next two, three, four years' time? Because if you can't, you need to change that. Oh, definitely. And I think this is a good transition to, like, the weight loss and nutrition topic that we're going to get into. But I'm kind of curious about, you know, what your approach is if you got, like, a brand-new spanking new client that has no idea what they're doing, never touched a dumbbell in their life, don't know what a carb is compared to a protein like what's your approach with someone brand new for nutrition uh for yeah for nutrition uh i start off with one habit every two weeks so it's literally how much like and it starts with the water how much water are you drinking oh i don't know okay let's get you a water bottle let's get you start drinking some water then after that it's let's start with the easiest meal they can work on first to change because i always work on building in habit lifestyle long-term sustainable approaches because if I completely change everything, they're not going to stick to it, first of all. If I try talking to them about carbs and fats and protein when they don't even know what they're having for breakfast or lunch, then it's way too overwhelming. So I always start with the very, very bare basic minimums and get them going from there. Yeah, I find like when people, when it comes to weight loss, like they're always looking for the hardest approach possible. And it's like they don't even have the basics down. And they're like, well, how much sugar should I be taking in? And I'm like, well, you're not even drinking a cup of water. Well, let's start with that. Yeah. What supplements should I go and buy? You know, what BCAAs do I need? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's um, let's get you actually sorted with your food. And, like, you know, I was in the exact same boat. That's exactly what I did when I started out because we, we want the fast track results. We want to go bullshit the wall as hard as we can. We overestimate what we think we can do, and it all comes crashing down. Oh, definitely. And, you know, like the weird thing that I've learned in the two years I've been doing this podcast is that, you know, I always feel like if I talk about the basics too much, people are going to get bored. But the people that like end up following me on Instagram or add me on Facebook, I always ask them like, you know, what episodes were the most helpful? And they've always been saying, oh, your nutrition ones. And I'm like, those are like the most basic things. And like people just need to go to the basics. And I always feel like I need to you know, I don't know, research something new and then present the information, but people just really just need the basics. And I don't know if you find the same thing when clients come and reach out to you. Oh man, it's the exact same thing. And it's still like, it's the exact same thing right now with clients who have been training me for two years. They still like, you know, there's the basics, but they don't need to go much outside of the basics. Like they don't need to know the latest research and nutrition or latest research and exercise like you give them the basic workout routine you make sure they're following them like you educate them more on the macronutrient side of things but they don't need to know about you know you need to have your post-workout meal you need a pre-workout you need to make sure you're consuming x amount of this this and this like they really just need those basics and you've got to keep hammering at home like as much as I was falling in the same boat as you. It's like, no, I've got to give my client, like, you know, I've got to give my audience something different. I've got to talk about something different like that. But a lot of the people who I like to work with are beginners, so I don't really need to go outside of that circle. Like, I'm not, I'm not working for bodybuilders. I'm not working for powerlifters. I'm not working for anyone in that expertise because I don't have that expertise. And frankly, it doesn't interest me as much. Like, I'm happy teaching people the very basics and getting them to live a long, healthy lifestyle and feel good in their body. No, definitely, I totally agree with you and. I think the next question I want to get into is like with all this information we have out there so available and there's so many coaches like us that are like really, really active on social media to improve the qualities of people's lives out there. And at the same time, it's almost like you're not even scratching the surface to help enough people. Like why do you think weight loss is so, so difficult 
for so many people out there, even though the information is everywhere? Uh, that, that's, a, uh, that's a really good question because I think what people struggle most with is they just want the quick result, right? Like at the moment, it's the keto trend. Everyone's like, if I cut carbs, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to you know, feel better and blah, blah. And like, yeah, sure, it's going to work for a short amount of time. But the people, the thing is, is the unsustainable approach because they want things fast because they can get Uber Eats at their door, they can get Netflix on demand, they can get all these things. But when it comes to weight loss and more importantly, keeping the weight off, they just don't have the patience and the mentality that it's going to take a long time. And they've got to build in those habits. We think we can just all of a sudden follow some quick fad diet, uh, do you know, lose some weight, and then they just expect that everything's going to be handy dandy, but it just doesn't work like that. And, like, I always try to change the conversation with clients to kind of look at it as, you know, I don't want you to focus on what you can do in the next six weeks, but within this next year. And then when you change the conversation to that with a longer-term approach, then they'll actually kind of see what they have envisioned in their head. And I always use this example with some of my clients that are struggling. Like, I train a couple of uh, really successful entrepreneurs, and they have, like, multi-million dollar businesses and one of them was like really, really struggling with weight loss. And I'm like, okay, how long did it take you to build your business into a multi-million dollar business? He's like, a long time. I'm like, just like your body, you got to put in the same effort and be patient. Absolutely. And that goes the other way for coaches too, which I have to keep getting told by my uh, business coach is like, we, we know how long it takes in the gym, but when it comes to trying to build up our own business, we expect that to happen overnight. So I think we've all got that type of, you know, uh, impatience in certain areas of our life, but we've just got to be able to remind ourselves, you know, that we've actually just got to play this for the long run. So, because I know you're a pretty young guy, like, do you ever, I don't know, struggle with connecting with certain individuals as clients because they're a little bit older than you and they kind of like look at you like, oh, you're, you know, in your 20s, you don't really know what you're talking about? Uh, no one's ever said that to me directly. Maybe they might, you know, they might, uh, think about it or they might just, you know, not take, like I've had older clients obviously who don't take my advice. Um, but a lot of people just, they like my enthusiasm. They're happy to listen. They're, they know I'm an expert because they see what I do and what I talk about. When I show that I had that knowledge and what, and I show them like what people have achieved, I think it's that, um, it gives that credibility when I show them like, Hey, I've helped people like you or, I can show you, and when they start to notice just a few changes, like if I make it easy for them at first and they're not going to fight back as much, but I've never really had someone uh, say anything because of my age, but then again, I really don't tell people, like, hey, I'm a young 20-year-old. Like, they can see that I'm young and 20, but, like, I don't say, hey, you know, I'm 22 years old type of thing. Yeah, like, for me, because, like, I feel like we're pretty similar. Like, when I would train clients, we started getting, you know, get to know each other, and they would always ask, you know, like, well, how old are you? And I always play the game, like, well, how old do you think I am? And even when I started in the industry when I was, like, 18 years old, I always used that question. And they're like, oh, I don't know, you're, like, 29 or, like, early 30s. And I, then I would tell them, no, I'm, like, 18. And they're like, what? No way. You, like, you don't talk like an 18-year-old. And I think it's just, like, coaches like us were just so, like, I don't know, addicted to, like, learning more. And always about like personal development, and that, that just kind of shows like through your character. I don't know if you kind of feel the same way. Dude, that's the exact same thing. And people always go like, like when I tell them, I'm like, yeah, I'm 22. They're like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, 
that's they say they you know I think you're much older than you are, which is a really cool trait to have, especially when you just have that maturity about you. Like you said, when you're on that self development path and you're looking to just better yourself as a person, and that comes through to your personality. Oh, definitely. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is like I should ask you this in the beginning, but out in Australia, what is the thing to do if someone's never been there before? What would you recommend? Oh, <laughs> uh, go to the Great Barrier Reef. Okay, what's what's yep. what's out there? The, the Great Barrier Reef is where you go swimming, and mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's clear, like crystal clear water. You can swim around the fish. It's like one of the most beautiful places in the world that you will be able to like. It's just it's just very hard to explain. Like <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful places there is, right? So being surrounded by colorful fish, being surrounded by colorful... Have you seen um, Finding Nemo? Yes. With all the reef and all that type of thing? Like, yeah, all that is on the Great Barrier Reef, and it's, like, one of the most peaceful, relaxing, amazing sights that you'll ever see. Amazing. Awesome. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask about, like, Australia, like, have you seen a different trend in fitness compared to the United States or like vice versa? Cause I, I believe if I read this correctly, you went out to get mentored by Alan Cosgrove. Yeah. So I went to go um, to get mentored by Alan Crossgrove two years ago. And then I went to get uh, mentored by John Romanello about awesome. three months ago in New York, which is cool. So I, I think um, Australia is always on the back end, right? Um, like following America's trend type of thing. So you guys, do you, I think Orange Theory is really big over there at the moment. Yeah, it is. So it's kind of like that's what um, that's what Australia's started coming. It's not Orange Theory, but it's one called F45. So basically, it's 45 minutes of circuits going as hard as you can, trying to keep your heart rate as high as possible. So Australia, because we're a smaller country, I always feel like we follow the trends of America, but it's very much similar. You know, like there's always that new, you know, for a while it was CrossFit and now it seems to be Orange Theory. And it's just all these things that people want to flock towards. Yeah, I've seen F45, so I'm like, I'm out here in Canada, and, like, we basically mimic everything the states do, but F45's now have been popping up a lot in Canada to a point where I've been, like, getting Facebook ads to be, like, to franchise it out where uh, where I live. But it's interesting, like, how these trends just pop up and everyone tends to jump on them, but I don't know, like... I think CrossFit, it's it's interesting, like, how big CrossFit's been getting and to a point where now it's being televised, like, everywhere of the CrossFit Games. And did you see what they had to do for their opening wad, by the way? Uh, no, I didn't. What did they have to do? <laughs> they had to row on the rower in the distance of a full marathon. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah. And it's like they have four hours to complete it. You can, like, oh go off God. your rower if you have to. And you're allowed to pee on it if you if you have to go to the bathroom. But I'm like, your hands would get just destroyed to roll yes. that far. Yeah, that's wow. it's crazy. But I wonder if that's like part of their like marketing campaigns. Like, what can we come up with that's gonna make a lot of people talk about it? <laughs> oh, for sure. Like that's definitely the marketing side of things. Like the things that I've heard about CrossFit, as well as it is that it builds that community. Like. <laughs> The people who do that are just, they're in a different world. It's just bizarre. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, I'm kind of torn because, like, I hate the idea of CrossFit, but I also kind of like it because it will take someone that's never exercised in their life, and now they're completely obsessed with it. So I'm like, 
Which is worse? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it, it's it's funny because like they become completely obsessed with they jump into it when they've had like you said they've had no training experience before and like this is the best thing ever. I'm like oh, you're gonna like a lot of people who are in the beginner page will hurt themselves at some point if they're just completely doing crossfit because they just haven't been taught the basics and how to move properly. Yeah, definitely. And you know the uh, interesting thing is that I work with a chiropractor. And she's like me. She understands functional training, like follows Great Cook and like all the greats in the world. But she likes to do CrossFit. And I, um, I like, I asked her, I'm like, you know, it's shitty for your body. Like, why do you do it? She's like, I like to compete with other people because she used to be a high level hockey player. And that never like clicked into my head. And I'm like, there's probably a lot of people that, you know, after college did not play a sport and they used to be a high level athlete. And they're like, boom, I found something where I can compete against other people and they're probably more athletic than the average Joe and it probably works for them. And I'm like, huh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, community is definitely a big aspect and like that competing side of things. Just having other people surrounded you, like that's exactly why people look for training here and they want someone else there. When you have that sense of community, when it's big, that's what people thrive off. No, definitely. Um, so let's get off the topic of CrossFit. I don't know, like, how that went down. <laughs> we but, go, yeah. uh, um, so, because you also train online, and I like asking this question to online coaches where, you know, in person you can develop that rapport and keep people accountable and kind of, like, they get that experience. So how do you translate that experience in person to online to make sure people are, you know, doing the best they can? as you know just being an online person and not physically being there with you uh sorry you just cut out did you say how do i keep people accountable online like i do in person yeah essentially it's actually probably easier for me to do it online than it is in person because i actually love talking to my clients so uh i i have a facebook group that they are all in so i can contact them on a daily basis I personally reach out to them twice a week just to see what's going good, what's going bad. And, they, like, we're always in contact. So always making sure they can check in with their workout routine because I've got an app they download. So when they check in with that, I can see that on a daily basis. I have them tracking their food. There are multiple touch points that I have with them every single day to see that they're on track. And if I see there's something wrong, I can reach out to them immediately and just be like, hey, you know, something happened. What's going good? What's going bad? Do we need to jump on the phone? And so I'm always there kind of giving like I'm pestering them in a way but at the same time it's helping them stay on track because they know that Tyson's there every step of the way no I like it and I think that's kind of the tough thing for a lot of online coaches is like what should you place in your business to kind of like bulletproof it that if someone is struggling you know you're going to be so available to them but not so much where they're abusing that availability like have you ever had someone that's super like oh i need an answer from you within like two hours uh no i've never had that luckily and i do set restrictions so like you know i'm not going to reply to you between 7 30 uh between 7 p.m and 5 30 a.m that's like my time where it's just me I got, like obviously i go to sleep really early i like to wake up early and get things done and i'm not going like Everyone knows the rules. There's, there's that dead time, but no one's expecting like an hour. An answer within an hour or two, and I don't think I, I had that expectation at the start. Where like I'm, I'm going to be there to support them every day, but I'm not twenty four seven type of thing. Oh, fair enough. Um, so the other thing I want to get into is intermittent fasting because I remember when you emailed me the first time. That's kind of like your jam and your bread and butter. 
So I'm kind of curious if you can kind of like one explain what it is because I don't think I've had someone on my show like get into it. But yeah, if you can explain what it is, the different protocols and what you follow. Yeah, cool. So intermittent fasting, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. So there's no restrictions when it comes to intermittent fasting. I mean, if you're looking to lose weight, you have to restrict your calories. But apart from that, like there is no you can't eat carbs or you can't eat dairy or you can't eat gluten. Like you can have all those things with intermittent fasting. But basically what it is is a certain time of the day where you are eating and a certain time of the day where you are not eating. Now, this can be broken up into different ways. There's the most classic one, which is lean gains, and that's 16 hours of fasting, 8 hours of eating, which is what I currently follow at the moment. Um, there is a, you can do one meal a day, which is like 23 hours of fasting and then one big meal during your, during your feeding window, or you can do alternate day fasting. So that means what, like you can do the, like if you've heard of the five, two diet where five of the days you eat normally and then two of the days you're on a very, very severe, uh, calorie restriction and you're following that, let's say about 16, eight approach. So there's different ways to follow it, but the most common approach is just doing a daily intermittent fasting, which would be a certain time when you're not eating, a minimum 14 to 16 hours, and then you can go all your way up to 22, 23 hours, depending on what what works best for you. For me, I like to do the, yeah, like I like to do the 16, eight approach for uh, six days of the week, and then for one day, I'll just do a full 24-hour fast. Nice. I'm really happy you said it was a, it's a lifestyle, because... A lot of people that stumble upon this, you know, way of eating, I've, I've seen, like, at least for a couple of my clients who found out that I do intermittent fasting, they're like, oh, I should be doing that. And I'm like, hang on, hang on. Like, you got to make sure it fits your lifestyle. Where, like, for me, when I, was, when I first started, um, I used to train clients from 6 a.m. to 11 so rather than like waking up earlier to make sure I had breakfast and then make sure I had like food between like 8.30 and 9 so I wasn't starving and then have my lunch after I'm done training all my clients, I would, I would just fast all morning. And I was like, oh, this is so much easier for, you know, how my work schedule is. Whereas some people that, you know, their life revolves around food, this might not be the best case scenario. Exactly, and people have got to think about that. Like they think, oh, is, is this the answer? It's like, it's, there's no answer. You've got to find out what works best for you and what you're going to be able to stick to. Like most people can fit intermittent fasting into their lifestyle because it kind of goes with their lifestyle. You know, if they want to prolong the eat, the fasting window in the morning because they're going to be going out with some friends for drinks or to eat on, let's say, 7, 8 o'clock at night, they can do that, Right. But a lot of people, if they, you know, if they're just someone whose life is definitely around food or they're taking clients out for lunch and stuff like that and they have to eat, well, they have to figure out what's going to work best for them. No, definitely you're right. Um, so do you kind of oh, advocate for intermittent fasting for all of your clients or only when it's appropriate? I always ask them. I give them the option. Would you like to follow intermittent fasting? Would you like to give it a try? Or, have, like, would you not like it to work for you? Uh, would you not like it? Would you, like, work something else for you? Because... Everyone's going to be different. A lot of people are open to it because I talk so much about it and they just want to give it a go. But a lot of people who have tried it, some people don't like it. Some people like to stick with it. Some people do different versions. So I've got a couple of clients who like to do the 5-2. So they will eat normally five days of the week and the two of the days they just do longer periods of fasting. So I always make sure, like you said, we talk about fits around their lifestyle, but what um, have their habits been in the past and what's going to work best for them at this point in time? No, that's fair enough. And I think a lot of people just, you know, if they're whatever they're doing right now, 
and they don't see that they're seeing any progress, they might jump on something like that. Or even right now, like if you go on Facebook, there's always that video of um, Hugh Jackman, and that's what he did for Wolverine. And now everyone's like, oh, I should be doing intermittent fasting. Like, it's like, no, like you got to make sure it fits the way you're living right now and maybe switch one or two things. And there would be a lot more Wolverines walking around if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, don't, I, I find like it's when I got clients to actually do it for the first time that, you know, were successful with the timing, it almost like bulletproofs you to not overeat in calories because you're so limited to that window. And then people just find it easier to like not binge on something or anything like that. Well, yeah, when you think about it, if you if like someone follows into a fasting, let's say they stop eating at 7 or 8 p.m., usually all the bad food happens either early in the morning when you're on the way to work and you're getting yourself like a coffee, a croissant, um, you know, whatever it's going to be on the way to work, so it's not the best type of thing. And then if it's nighttime, you're watching Netflix, you're bored, you're snacking on things. And so when you can eliminate that, a lot of people notice, oh, all of a sudden I'm able to lose weight, and they haven't really, like, they think they haven't, change anything but they've cut out a lot of those extra calorie foods that they just don't think about so it's a really good point with that side of things being able to do that but i think also like you said a lot of people can't eat that much in a small window but i definitely know i can so that's the thing like i say to people is like hey intermittent fasting isn't some magic bullet you've still got to be able to be in a calorie deficit because you can easily still do eight hours of eating and if you're someone with a big appetite you can definitely go over those calories do you do two meals in the day when you um, do intermittent fasting, or do you, like, stick to three? At the moment, I do two. Like, I, I, I just keep going back to old habits, which is two, and I like two big meals. Usually, I'll have – so I do intermittent fasting from 8, 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. because I find that if I have it further away from sleep, like, if I eat further away from sleep, I just feel better. So I like to, like, by the time I break my fast and finish my first meal, it's about 10 a.m. by the time I make it and everything. And then I'll just have another big meal later on in the afternoon, about 3.30, and that does me. Okay, fair enough. Like, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is, like, when people switch to intermittent fasting, and if they, yeah, say do two meals and their calories are at, I don't know, 2,100 calories, those two meals are going to look pretty big compared to, like, having multiple small meals because, like, when people think, like, oh, your snack is going to be, oh, 200 calories, like, to actually see 200 calories in food is pretty depressing. Whereas if you look at, like, your two big meals in a day and you're still in a deficit, it doesn't really feel like you're on a diet. Absolutely. And that's that's the biggest thing that clients say to me. Like, I don't feel like I'm on a diet when I do this because they're on such big meals. But a lot of people make the mistake is they think – if they're doing that, they still have to keep – like they think of that diet mentality, right? So they have very, very small meals. I'm like, no, you can actually eat a large amount of food. And if you have like loads of vegetables, like you will be significantly full from two big meals of like 2,100 calories a day. Oh, definitely. Um, so I want to talk about like clients that are like really, really struggling because you probably had it in the past or even right now where, you know, you have this client, they're super motivated to finally get their health and fitness in order. They're doing well for like the first couple months and then they kind of just, you know, so-called fall off the wagon. The motivation's not there. Like what do you do to kind of help those individuals to kind of get a, get that fire burning again? 
Uh, good question. One thing I always do is I ask them. So I actually had this the other day. One of my clients said, look, he's an online client. He texted me. He goes, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I said, you know, what's up? What's happening? And he just said, um, he goes, you know, I'm, I can go and work out. I've got that side of things. But when it comes to the new, like when it comes to the diet, I just, I don't want to adhere to it. I don't care anymore. And he was really in the slumps. And so I just took time to listen to him, first of all. And I gave him, I actually jumped on the phone. I said, hey, what's going on with you at the moment? Like, you know, and he just, he didn't really have a reason for why he didn't want to adhere to it, but he didn't have a reason as to why he wanted to follow it. So I just simply asked him the question. I'm like, why did you come to me in the first place? And he explained his reason. And I said, so do you still want to watch that? He goes, yeah. And I said, I just want you to take a couple of days and go and actually eat shitty food and then see how your body reacts. And... He came back to me, I think it was about three or four days later, he goes, man, I feel horrible from making the food choices I've made. And I realized, like, so it was that certain, like, he said how bad he felt from eating that food. And then he could make the correlation, well, if I'm eating healthier, I'm feeling better, I'm having more energy, and it's going to help me move towards my goals. So you still want to get those people on why they want to train in the first place, like, what is their goal, remind them of that. And then just show them the contrast, be like, okay. Fine, go and eat like you know, go and eat bad food, and then see how your body reacts. See how you look in the mirror. See how you feel energy-wise, and you're gonna realize you're gonna quickly want to turn around and go back to the way things were. Oh, I really like that, and like I, I try to remind my clients that you know, motivation's a feeling. Like you're not gonna feel motivated every single day of the rest of your life to like complete any like big goal. And I tell them, like, it's part of the journey. Like, you're going to fall on your face a bunch of times before you see the result you want. And the moment you kind of realize that, it's kind of, it kind of helps you just keep going. And, like, you know, I tell them, like, do you really think Muhammad Ali was really excited to wake up at 4 a.m. to practice his boxing skills every day? Probably not, but he did it anyway, right? Like... That's a good call. Like, yeah, and I, I tell them at the same time. There are days, like, this whole week for me was so unmotivated. Like, I did not want to go to the gym. I did not want to train. I did not want to eat right. Like, I was just in such a – I don't know what happened this week. It was like a whole slump, right? But every day, I just, like, you know, I've got to go through the grind. I've got to get through what I've got to do. And I was talking to my clients about it the whole time because I want to show them that, hey – even though you're a trainer, it doesn't mean you're feeling fantastic every day. Every day, You know, you don't always want to do the things that you are trying to preach and teach. But when you show people that you also have those struggles, it shows you're more human too. And then it's going to realize like, oh, yeah, they also go through struggles. No, I like that you brought that up because one of the questions I like asking my guests is like, what's the one thing you're struggling with right now? Uh, for me, it is like, like just in general, it was sticking to my workout this week. I, I was just just unmotivated, didn't want to do it, and it was such a grind. But in regards to the biggest struggle for me, it's actually taking time for self-care. I'm always looking to try and build my business, to try and get better, to try and get a better coach. And, like, I become so uh, stuck in that little world of, like, people are like, what do you do for your spare time? Nothing. I research, you know, I look at fitness um, books. I follow fitness advice. I look at building my business. I do all those things. And it's, like, it's kind of made me, in a sense, a boring person. And I want to be able to take more time for self-care, you know, do things like go out and get a hobby, uh, go and meet out with friends, do things that are going to be more social because I'm just – I've just uh, neglected that side of my life for a while. Do you ever get burnt out, always kind of focused on your business? No. It's it's funny because I actually find myself going nuts when I'm not uh, working on the business. So the times that I've actually tried to, like, even when I'm talking to you now, I'm, like, rubbing my hands together because I'm, like, stressing out. I'm, like, um, it's just like, you know, there have just been times where the other week I tried to just turn off and try to, like, have everything off and, like, 
I got that sense of anxiousness where it's like, no, I need to be moving faster. I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more. And I've just always had that mentality. Like I, I, I had such a uh, enthusiasm for what I, what I do. Like I love health and fitness and I love teaching and preaching. I'm like, I always want to look to develop myself more and more as a coach, as a person. And there's always more I can do. So yeah, there's never been time where I'm like, no, nah, I need to have a week or two or three weeks. Like, I never get to that point. Oh, fair enough. I think like a lot of coaches that get into the industry, they kind of work themselves to the bone, especially in like the in-person stuff. Cause they just take on more hours and more hours and they kind of forget about, like you said, self-care. Like, you know, when was the last time you actually like spent an hour to yourself to not do anything fitness related? And a lot of those coaches are like, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> That's exactly right, and that's why the first thing I started to do with self-care is every second week now, on a Saturday actually, today, uh, for me, Saturday, um, I will go and do something selfish for myself, right? So I might be getting a massage. Uh, it's been doing float tanks. It's just doing something where, like, I literally cannot pick up my phone or do anything, and even that hour is, like, I would say that's my recharge, right? That's my getaway. But anything more than that, I don't really need. You know, I don't need to go and take a week vacation or anything because I actually love what I do so much. But just having an hour where I can just go, okay, I'm turning off and that's it. It's been uh, it's been good. Awesome. Um, so because you're on the online space, I'm kind of curious, what bugs you that you see other coaches, other coaches in the industry posting online? Uh I don't really pay attention much to what other people are doing type mm-hmm. thing. Like the people I look up to uh, is like Jordan Syed, uh, yeah. Mike McCarty, like people who are doing good for the industry, right? I don't look at the people who are trying to sell you a six-week shredded program or people who are trying to push the latest supplements on you like Herbalife or Keto or anything like that. That's probably the only thing I would say that bugs me is people who just jump on the next bend, uh, like, you know, the next trend and say they're a trainer and say that they want to sell you all this stuff and that's it. Like that's the only thing that I sell because because they've got their interest in heart and not uh, not the like clients and audience best interest at heart. No, like I'm the same way because like on my feed, it's like those guys that you just said, like Jordan and Mike, like I always see their stuff because those are the people I follow. But, you know, I, the trend that I've been seeing, like you just mentioned, is, you know, someone that likes fitness and health is not a trainer but you know they get an instagram account and now they're yeah selling supplements and what bugs me the most is that they reach out to me and they're like oh you should totally do what i'm doing and i'm like are you serious you've been following me forever do you really think i would do that yeah exactly like they it's like it's just that scheme where they want to get everyone involved in it because it's going to benefit them but nobody else and so they just want you know at the end of the day they're just being selfish yeah definitely um, the other one thing I wanted to bring up too is like, you know, in this past year, like the way I look at the industry and myself is like, if I look back a year ago, if I was doing the same stuff and I didn't progress at all, I know I'm not going in the right direction. So yep. what's the like, you know, couple things that you've changed this past year, either in your business, the way you approach clients, the way you like handle yourself for personal development, like what are a couple things this past year you've learned? Um, I would definitely say like one of the biggest things is that I've got to supply more patience, right? Like I'm, like I said to you, I'm always looking to do something else in the business, work further, do more, do more, but there's only so much I can do. And like, I just have to wait for things to come to me and I can't like that. That was probably the biggest thing. It's just like, 
be more patient. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not like people expect with the weight loss. It's the exact same thing with the business that people expect the weight loss. You know, they want things to happen overnight. So applying that and um, what else? Well, mentorship, I guess. Like the biggest thing, getting someone else to see your blind spots to be able to help you through the, like exactly like how, how many coach, someone to help you through the tough times, someone to help you see your blind spots, somebody to be there to help you set goals and to motivate you towards where you want to go is so much more beneficial. And last year, I didn't really have, like, you know, I went to Alan Crossgrove's thing, but I didn't have an actual mentor, someone who was helping me on a, you know, let's say weekly, fortnightly basis type of thing. But now I do have that. And so having coaches has been a really big growth factor for me. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes when, like, a coach will hire another coach for themselves. Because there's a lot of coaches out there that think they already know how much they should know. But I'm like, yeah, like you said, the blind spots, you don't you don't see the empty little spaces that you could be working on. And when you have somebody else, like, auditing, like, your entire life, that's going to bring up some shit. <laughs> exactly. And that's like I always um, – I'm actually going to be – doing this uh, soon with Michael McCarty, he's actually going to be training me uh, to do a shredding challenge. And so what I'm going to do is, because summer's coming up, like we've got the opposite uh, time zone here. So summer's going to be here in December. And I'm like, you know what? I want to do a cut, but I'm not going to do it myself because I know I can, but I want to show my clients that I'm going to hire a coach because I want to have that accountability there. I want to show them that it can be achieved by following something different. So obviously Mike's not a, you know, he doesn't advocate intermittent fasting, but he doesn't say don't do it. But I'm going to show people that they can still get results by following other approaches too. And the reason that I'm hiring a coach is for someone to keep me there accountable to be able to see how somebody else's coaches and how I can learn from that. And I just want to share people with that. Like, you know, even though I'm a coach, even though I'm a trainer, I am advocating that I need a trainer too because at the end of the day, you're trying to sell something to somebody. Like you're saying, hey, you need personal training because of this, this, and this. But if you're not like if you're not willing to invest in yourself as a trainer to get somebody else to coach you, whether it be in business or whether it be in personal training or anything like that, then you are a hypocrite. Fair enough. I like it. And I think it just kind of like the fact that you put a little bit more skin in the game, right? Like if you're that passionate about this industry and you're constantly trying to get you better, like, yeah, hire somebody and like really, really like stand out from the crowd. Yeah, you're killing it, man. <laughs> Thanks. Like at the end of the day, like, like you said, though, it's that um, like put skin in the game. Like the only way you're going to get better as a trainer or as a person, like as a client or uh, uh, sorry, as a um, general person wanting to get fitter or anything, you have to put like skin in the game. Like, uh, $5 gym membership for a 24-hour fitness gym or whatever it is, like is pennies on the dollar. And so that might incentivize you to go or it might not. But when you're paying, let's say, $200 or whatever it is for coaching, uh, someone to help you there, whether it be with your business or whether it be with fitness or whether whatever else it is, you are going to notice you are much more committed to it because you have now put money down and we don't like losing money. We want to make sure that money is going towards something that's going to benefit us and we want to make sure we get a return on that money. Awesome. So very last question. Uh, where can people find you online? What projects do you have coming out? And anything else you want to plug on my show, you can right now. All right. So let's start with the book that's coming out. So I'm yes. actually, I finished writing a book. It's going to be coming out. It's called Ditch the Diet. So it's basically kind of what we talked about today with, in regards to intermittent fasting, fitted in around your lifestyle 
lifestyle. It's three big sections. There's the diet side of things, which like not diet, the lifestyle side of things with intermittent fasting, how to follow it, how to be able to track your calories, how to make sure you achieve the body you want. Then it comes to the training side of things. So I basically want to tell people like, hey, if you don't want to get a trainer, if you want to be self-sufficient, whether you have a gym or whether you have body weight, this is what you can do to be able to do that. And the third thing is integrate it with your lifestyle. How do you go out with friends and family and have this? How do you go out on the weekend and still be able to drink? How do you fit this around your work life? Like I explain how you can integrate it all together and how they can, you know, like have long-term results because I don't want people getting ripped for five or six weeks. I want people to be able to stay two or three years down the road and say, hey, I'm still 10 kilos down and I've been able to keep it off. So that's going to be coming out hopefully at the end of next month. If they want to get their free chapter, they can go to www.tysonbrown.com.au forward slash ditch the diet. Uh, so just the name of the book, Ditch the Diet. And they can find me on Instagram, which is Tyson the Trainer with two R's, which is where I'm pretty um, probably most consistent with at the moment. Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Dude, thank you so much for having me on. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 160 with Tyson Brown. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. And make sure you click the show notes if you haven't already and signed up for the Cut the Shit, Get Fit newsletter where every week I send you some awesome stuff. And feel free to add me on Facebook, on Instagram, and say what's up. And I'd happily reply back and ask you how your day's going. So again and again, I will say this at the end of every episode share 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 this podcast with your friends and family and on every social platform and i'll continue giving you the best fitness health and diet nutrition and anything to do with fitness and health information out in the world every week and that's it for me